Alright everybody, before we even get started, my interview with Ben was the same day I interviewed with Sanjeev, so Zoom was acting weird and giving me grief. I had to end his meeting early too. Don't worry, I paid up, I got a paid Zoom account, we can go longer next time. But till then, let's do this. Welcome to the Josh Bolton Show, where we dive into interesting and inspiring conversations. And now, your host, Josh Bolton. Welcome everybody to the show. Today we have Ben, a CEO of a gaming company in Canada. He also has some um, investment in incubating gamers to being pro level, right, Ben? You got it, yeah. How's it going, Josh? Pleasure to be here. Pleasure, Ben. So tell me, how does the um, the esports company like kind of work? Yeah, sure. Um, I started an esports company back in probably middle of 2019, um, and uh, for you know, esports is really playing video games at a competitive level. I'll get small beer leagues or huge uh, 30 million. Uh, prize pools in front of 100,000 people live in the stands. So, like, that's the range of, like, what esports could be. So, you know, what our, what my company really focuses on is uh, more the amateur gamers, uh, you know, so, you know, casual or amateur gaming. Uh, we run several venues. <laughs> we run several venues. Uh, we do a whole bunch of leagues and tournaments and events. Uh, we have a really big esports media division now, so we're cranking out different shows and podcasts. And the new thing, and I'm actually sorry, I don't mean to be like so promo-y, but right. this is our new team. We got we got our new merch, so nice. uh, yeah, we launched a competitive and and content team uh, as well. Sweet. So, from what I could tell on your website, you're not public, but you're taking capital investment, right? Yeah. Uh, so. We have a planned merger with um, with a publicly traded company. So Mookie Sports will likely be public soon in the next few months. And then uh, separately, you know, before I went into esports, I had my own investment bank, same name, Mookie Capital. And what we did was we started raising money for real estate projects, tech companies, and eventually esports companies. And it was kind of like when we started raising money for esports companies – um, there was one in particular and it was really hard to raise. And a lot of it was because the CEO just didn't show well, so to speak. And then we kind of were joking that like, if I was the CEO, it'd be a lot easier to raise money. And then we, it wasn't a joke anymore. We thought, Hey, actually we should just do it. So that's kind of how Amuka capital us being like capital raisers went into being, you know, a full blown esports company. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I used to be an avid gamer back in the day, but recently just the games don't seem creative or original anymore. So it's hard for me to get like emotionally invested in a game, but I know the value of an eSport. That was one time me and my buddy got invited to an amateur league like yours. And we were that, we were that into it. Yeah. So what did you play? What was your game? Back then it was Modern Warfare 2 and Black Ops. Yeah. Come a long way. We have. Come a long, long way. Uh, even the scenes, like you know, um, you know what a LAN event was back in five, six, seven years ago to what it is now. Yeah, now it's now you can actually like just stream it too. You don't have to be in the event. Yeah. So, what was your experience um, playing in a community event? Oh no, we were invited. I never went. 
Uh, oh, okay. It was okay. one of those, I missed the, it was in my email, totally missed it kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it was one of those, I, I would have loved to do it, though. Hey, it's never too late. Listen, you know, there's always, there's tons of online events, obviously, but, you know, LAN is going to get back up and running soon. So, um, you know, people ask me, like, what's the best way, you know, to really see and understand the industry? You got to go to a LAN event. Like, you got to see what, <coughs> what that energy don't worry don't hide it it's okay Ben. oh okay okay what uh yeah i'll say guys he just he got covid and it's just a lingering cough so if you hear him coughing like a smoker he's he's fine he hasn't done anything yes i actually i saw a great article that um your lungs post covid are the equivalent of like are worse than a heavy smoker so I, I got it early in December. Yeah, yeah. I like literally just now I can actually walk a mile without like dying of, of exhaustion. Okay, good to know because I was kind of late December. So, um, okay, so it took you like four or five weeks yeah. after before you got like full. I got it well, December capacity. like 5th. And yeah. with the, yeah, it's the 20th. I'd say last week around this time, the 13th is when I finally got over it. Yeah, it's tough. Like, cough. I don't know. Just coughing is just you just can't cough in public. Like, it's just really. I'm actually flying next week, and I'm terrified to like get on a plane because I still have this cough. And like, you're just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah just, I know. Post, like, it's post COVID, I'm sorry. Like, it, it just happens. I know, but I can't like get up on my seat and like make an announcement to all the you know crew and and people on the plane that you know I've already had COVID and I have a cough. But yeah, I know. I just got it. Do you got Get one through. of the N95s, the the paper one looking? Um, I did, I did for a bit, but I I felt weird wearing it. Like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to think. It seemed it. I felt like people would view me as overreacting to COVID. Like, why does this guy have to wear an N95 mask to get a cup of coffee? You know, like, so that was my concern. And so I stopped wearing them. Yeah. No, I would wear it, especially for the flight. Cause it's, um, I, I did it when the pandemic first hit, I went up to Oakland to help a lady come from Oakland to LA and I wore the N95. Everyone thought I was overreacting. I'm like, I ain't taking no chances. I don't know what y'all have done. Yeah. And it's easier to breathe like with a filter and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you wear the cloth ones, it's just hot and it's hard. Okay. So. It's my office. I don't need to cover my mouth. So yes, yeah. I'll just cough at where uh, Thank you for making the disclaimer to the to the viewers. Okay, <laughs> let's keep. We're ready. Just, it was just painful watching you. I'm like, oh, please stop. <laughs> um, okay. So, let's say someone like me who had a chance. How would we approach you for um, getting it considered for your new uh, club? Is something six right? Teams. <clears throat> yeah, level six. Level six. Are those team or level? Sorry. Um, how would like someone I'm us based, but how would I talk to you? Be like, Hey, I'd like to join your team kind of thing. Yeah. So there's two. Uh, so yeah, we have an esports incubator. And uh, the reason why I wanted to start this was like, shockingly, there was no esports incubator. You know, Bitcraft had something going on. They were incubating some companies three, four years ago. No, maybe not. Maybe two, three years ago, but they kind of stopped. And I saw a lot of esports decks and I was like, man, these gamers, like they're so passionate, but they don't know jack shit about business. Like people just were messing up revenue expenses, EBITDA or like net profit. Um, their, their financials and projections were insanely 
off. Terrible. Like either way too high, way too like someone sent me a deck, you know, they were going to make a hundred thousand dollars in three years from now. It's like, I'm like, no one's going to get out of bed for your company. that's going to make a hundred grand in in the next three years. So um, part of it was saying, look, esports startups need more help on the, especially on the business side. And the second is as Amuka esports, we were acquiring all these companies and like, it's hard to make acquisitions when you're just doing zoom calls or you like due diligence is lacking like that. So when we go through this program, not only are we going to like impart all the knowledge that we needed to get to, we are today and we use great mentors, but it's 10 weeks to work with these companies. And if they're good fits, you know, we'll invest or we'll acquire. And we've already, we've already acquired one of the eight companies that have come through our system. Okay, cool. So is it, you're going for companies, not the actual players then? Yeah, I'll get to the, uh, yeah, I'll get to the players in a second. So that's the company. So if you have an esports startup, maybe it's a team, maybe you're a tournament organizer, maybe you're a tech platform, maybe you're uh, coaching, whatever it is, whatever your esports business is, you can apply to the incubator. We take four companies every semester. And if you get in, then we, you go through the program and it's been very helpful for all the companies, two cohorts, four companies each that have gone through. Separately, our team, yeah, we're always looking to, we're scouting and we're recruiting players for competitive rosters and for our content team as well. Okay. Um, so let's go into the competitive part and go to the content afterwards. How, what is the, uh, what is it you're looking for? Like kill death ratios to, um, I, I haven't played in forever. I don't know what the new stats are. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to speak to like, like war or COD specifically, or just generally general? Yeah. So with all teams, um, we, we, I use the word underwrite a roster. So okay. I look at a roster like I would a real estate project and um, every league has different economics. So typically the way you're, you, like the way a team owner is going to make money is primarily just through um, competitive earnings, you know, from tournaments right. and sponsorships. That's it. There's really no other major way to monetize a roster. Now, some, Pro leagues, you know, like let's say Rainbow Six, for example, there is an R6 share program. So, so if you have a pro team, there is in <coughs> there is in-game monetization through skins and things like that. So, there's a few other ways. Yes, there's also merchandise. So, we'll look at a roster and we'll say, what do we think? What tournaments could they compete in in the next? Let's say we're going to sign them for six months. What tournaments could they compete in the next six months? What do we think their potential earning earning power is what do we how marketable are these to advertisers in terms of sponsorships based on that we'll say yes we think we should sign them or no there's just no way we'll we'll get our money back okay okay so for the marketable part that was interesting so do they need to almost have like either a twitch or youtube to display their skills when they're not actually in the competition kind of thing or is it you'll work that out later with them yeah we do we we do separate it. So for a, a competitive player, it's not, it's a bonus if they stream and if they've got a good personality, what we're really looking at is, can they win? So that's like more the focus for signing a competitive player. When we're signing a content creator, it's the total opposite. They're not, yeah. we don't expect them to compete in any tournaments. Um, it's all about their personality. It's all about their stream. It's all about their engagement on Twitch and YouTube. 
and things like that. So the same way with a, with a content creator, we'll underwrite it. We'll look at how much do we think we can make uh, from that and then say, yes, it's worth signing this person or at this salary, it's worth it. At this salary, it's not worth it. Okay. So then switching to content creator, what are you looking for? Are you wanting like someone funny like Gray still plays or are you wanting someone super serious um, but still is a little funny here and there? Yeah, generally, um, you know, kind of like a base requirement is we want to see them streaming, you know, at least twice a week. Um, We want to see people with at least like 500 followers out of the gate, you know, on Twitch. Um, Our last two signings actually have been um, in Canada. We have a football league. So like think about it like minor league football. So we have two minor league football players who play for Toronto's team that we just signed as content creators. So we're definitely very interested in getting athletes on board um, because what we're seeing, like from a lot of sponsors, they really like the health and wellness angle of gaming, you know, whether it's CBD products or healthy energy drinks or uh, more ergonomic chairs. Uh, I, that's the trend I'm noticing is spon- the sponsors that are coming in are not the Doritos and the, Dr. Pepper, Monster. Yeah, name band. your chocolate bar in the U.S. Yeah, yeah Dr. Exactly. Um, so they seem to be a lot more marketable because they are pro football players. They take care of their bodies and they're building a stream as well. Well, and they're also they're not just gaming uh, or just sports because they're fitness lifestyle. You get the whole fitness niche and nutrition. And I actually need to get one of those chairs because this one is an old one I got from uh, – the guy who previously owned the house, it sucks. I, I can't. Yeah. Game, yeah, I can't game more than like an hour. Then I'm like, oh, I gotta go. It's funny because yes, this is it's a good chair. You know, I can if I'm if it's been a long day. Where is it? You can just go anyway, straight back down there. I can recline. But honestly, when I play, I play like this. I don't even have a back. I'm like laser focused. I sit up straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's it, yeah, it's totally hugely important. Yeah, uh, it, there's just so many things now with video games becoming bigger that, yeah, like you don't want to sit and eat Doritos because it messes up your keyboard or your controller, and then you have to actually stop the game to like clean it and keep going. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you made a point before about like the they're gaming and then they're doing other things. That's with everybody. I think we want to see content that goes beyond your stream booth. Like I just think it's insane that. Tim the Tapman is just always streaming. And that's like, don't get me wrong, it's great. But like, I want to see Tim skateboard, play some basketball, shoot some hoops. Like, yeah. the fact that they're just always streaming to me is crazy. And like, we're trying to develop content that goes outside the setup, you know? Yeah, make it, make it a network within a network kind of thing. So it's like, yes, we have our gaming audience. That's our core thing. But we also are like, we're not just gaming. We also are catering to like this group too kind of thing yeah exactly and i'm not saying like you need to always do that but it just seems i don't know like it's like watching the same thing every every time i want to see i want to open up the door into their lives a little bit more so with our players we're trying to do that more as our content creators i mean is like yes they're streaming and their streams are good and they're entertaining but what else tell show us more about your life or basic hobbies it doesn't have to be the most pro filming i mean youtube now is you don't have to be like the cnbc or whatever it is for you guys up in canada where it's super professional perfect lighting 
It could just be you sitting in like, hey, I do fishing. I, I know I'm a, I'm a soccer player, but I like to fish every so often. You go into that. And th- that right there just builds a deep connection with people. Yeah, no, you nailed it. So that's, <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely going to be the priority for us, you know, over the next year. So what's your content strategy going forward uh, on, with uh, all these things we just put in motion talking about? Yeah, sure. And like, I'm the type of guy that like my playbook is, you know, like there's no secrets here with uh, Adamukai. So um, twofold. One is we are looking, we're rebranding our YouTube channel. Um, it's going to be called Made in Esports. So we're looking for, I don't like to use the word lower quality, but um, lower quality, lower production, lower production type of shows. So we have a podcast right now. I do a show called Esports Unfiltered. We're looking at a couple others. So um, we want like our Made in Esports channel to be kind of like the academy. It's a training ground. It's, it's like we want people to come create content on our channel Let's get a good following, and then we want to take you and your content to network television and make it a lot bigger. So it's like a good testing ground, and I've experienced that. I've been doing my show for about a year, and now all of a sudden, you know, a producer is interested. Let's rejig the format and make it a lot better. So um, we're always looking for more content creators, you know, and we would pay them also to 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 create content for the channel. That's one. Separately, we're looking to create bigger projects. For, for TV or OTT platforms. And that's really going to be kind of the um, esports crossover type of content where we want to tell stories about gamers, but outside of just their gaming. And I just want to touch earlier on your comment about lower quality. It's not lower quality because you're giving more value. You're in the customer will understand if you cut the value of the video, at least you're getting more value kind of thing. And you, you set a podcast. So are you in your own network? Are you like your network? Or are you building one out? Both. Um, okay. Yeah. So right now, yeah, right now our podcast is on television as well. You can watch uh, Best of Three if you subscribe to the Game Plus Network. Okay. Which is in, I don't know, I can't remember how many homes in North America. So yeah, it is available like for cable subscribers to watch our podcast. Um, and But we also kind of want to incubate content. You know, like, here's the thing with YouTube. Unless you have scale, major scale, you're not making anything. So there's like thousands, th- tens of thousands of people who are creating really interesting content and getting zero dollars for their content. Right? right. Yeah. Tens of thousands. And that's, and, and to be honest, we are one of those people as well. Like, we are not monetizing YouTube. We're not making money. So we're producing all this content and we're not monetizing it on YouTube. Why? Why are we all stuck in the same boat together? Because we all have 10,000 different little channels and there's no scale. So what I want to do is create like an esports network on YouTube. So it's the Made in Esports channel and like Monday night, maybe it's Josh and Tuesday night, it's my show. And like, and then you'll subscribe because you may not like all the content, but you're going to like some of the content. And then at, (coughs) at least with scale, you know, then we'll be able to monetize and start paying royalties and, and rev shares with all the content creators. Yeah. Um, so I, for the longest time, was studying how to do YouTube and a lot of big YouTubers saying, don't go for networks kind of thing. What makes your network more valuable and worth the time for someone to sign up with you? Honestly, like if, if you think you can make it big, you should do it. It's not for everyone. Like if, if you don't think you can hit 
if you're not going to spend the time to grow the channel and to hit that scale that you need 5, 10, 20, 30,000 subscribers, then it's zero. So I think if, you, if you're doing this as a hobby and you just would like a better path to monetization, I think it's better. But if you're like, if this is your business, then no, it's not for you. You should continue and grind it out and build your own channel. Okay, so you're not locking people in for like three-year contracts, like maybe six months, the worst kind of thing. Okay, like like maximum. Yeah, probably like I would say max a year um, if they're good, kind of thing. Yeah, but for sure, we I would hundred percent. I prefer short-term contracts because I have no idea what 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 the, mm-hmm. <laughs> what the viewership is going to be like. Really, mm-hmm. especially because you're moving to. New- to a new channel so um yeah we we'll do a typically a three month um we haven't signed longer than a year at this point okay so is is there any prerequisites like someone listening who's a gamer is like oh i want to contact ben but i only have like 50 subscribers kind of thing is was there like a threshold for you um i mean the, the content has to be quality it's got to be engaging so like obviously right out of the gate that's one that we're going to look at it can't be things that are kind of too close to the existing content that we have. So if we're going to have a um, call of duty talk show, we're not going to have two call of duty talk shows just because they're different people. So the content's got to be different than what everything else we have on the platform. And, and in general, um, I do want to move away from talk show talking head type of content and try to do more, stuff that's a bit outside the box not to say that i won't there's because there's a lot of good niche areas but generally i'm more interested in other things beyond talk shows because we have a lot of talk shows yeah there's plenty of talk shows on the radio and podcast i mean there's a one of my coworkers at work uh he plays the ralph garman show i didn't know until he started playing it then it's just like the how many talk shows are there it's like how would i stand out if i want to do that so that's where I'm trying to bumble around and find that that area that works for me now. Yeah, I think it's I, <laughs> I think it's it, it's it's a niche community. Like um you got to what's different? So I have a show Esports Unfiltered. So I started this show cuz I was watching actually one of my favorite content creators, um Jake Lucky, uh Esports Talk. It's a great show. Okay. Watch everything. But I just felt like he his style was just on one hand it's this and on one hand it's that and it was like very diplomatic mm-hmm. and I respect that it's, it's his brand and like the guy I started watching him we had fifty thousand subs and he's up to three fifty or something crazy so I've seen his growth it's amazing but I wanted something with teeth I wanted something a little angrier and so esports unfiltered was developed around this concept that like. I just say what I just say what I say and I'm unapologetic about it. So it's about trying to create kind of niche yeah, more niche topics that's going to separate you from everything else. So why are people going to tune into Ben? Yeah, cuz he's loud, he's obnoxious, he doesn't give a shit and that's just his brand and they'll connect with that. That's most <laughs> gamers though. Sorry? I said it's most gamers though. Yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm also old. Like I'm pretty old to be talking about esports. Generally speaking, the people are a bit younger. So um you gotta try to find your niche, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. It it really is. And um 
just the the power in niching it down. People don't fully understand because like, wait, why would I cut out the general population? But it's like, dude, that's that's not who you're wanting, though. You want the gamers that are willing to listen to a podcast as they're playing, kind of thing. Good point you brought up. So with that, a when we when we talk about topics, and you know, it actually started as a scripted show. Now there's there's definitely no script. Um, we, we want topics that are evergreen that like are good anytime as much right. as possible, but also that are not too gamey. So like there's no esports con there's not a lot of esports content that non gamers could watch. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a show about, you know, overwatch, like if you don't know overwatch, you're not watching. So all the topics we cover are covered through the lens that a non gamer would find them interesting. So for example, um, what do we should uh, should esports be at the Olympics? Okay, that's a debate, and that we'll is. go into the pros and cons of why or why or why not esports belongs there. And I think it doesn't matter what you know or what games you play. That's a topic that would be interesting to debate. So we try to go through that type of that type of content. Yeah, that's actually an, I remember that back in high school. That was a debate back then too. So it is definitely an evergreen. And it'll never end. It'll always be debated. Yeah. Yeah. So Zoom's being a dick and saying I used up all my minutes for the month. Uh, We definitely need to reschedule this another one in the future. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just literally, it's like popping up on my screen. Like you've used your minutes for the month. It's like, yeah. Damn it. It's all good. I'm happy to come back. Um, So yeah. Awesome. When I don't have my COVID cough. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do. We'll go longer. Let's do it. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Ben, for coming on. Look forward to getting you in the future. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. That's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. A plus for attention. I want you guys to also share on Twitter the, your experience, any questions, comments, or concerns. Nothing is too crazy. I also have a link on my website to a speak pipe. You can personally send me a message. And I will probably reply back to you. So don't forget to tag me on Twitter, J-R-B-O-L-T-O-N, underdash. Again, that's J-R-Bolton, underdash. I'm going to try to post more on Instagram and TikTok. Same thing, J-R-Bolton, underdash. So other than that, guys, thank you and look forward to the next podcast in the future. Bye. All right, guys. That's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. A plus for attention. I want you guys to also share on Twitter the, your experience, any questions, comments, or concerns. Nothing is too crazy. I also have a link on my website to a speak pipe. You can personally send me a message and I will probably reply back to you. So don't forget to tag me on Twitter, J R B O L T O N. Underdash. Again, that's J.R. Bolton. Underdash. I'm going to try to post more on Instagram and TikTok. Same thing. J.R. Bolton. Underdash. So other than that, guys, thank you and look forward to the next podcast in the future. Bye.